with Lucy, Luce, and Lily Love. Hello and welcome to Cultural Connections. I'm Lucy Luce. And my name is Lily Love. And welcome to our first podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So we're we're coming at this topic with curiosity because there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. We call this cultural connections because we both are in a place of our life where we're starting to learn more about our own cultural backgrounds and are getting interested in connecting back into that. But then also I've been just really interested in learning about just other cultures in general. So though I would like to learn more about my personal background and my personal cultures and traditions and things like that, I'd also like to eventually learn more about other cultures that I might not even know about right now. I'm hoping that this will bring a community because I think that a lot of American people um, have the same kind of like desire that we do of wanting to understand where we came from. Basically, you're trying to say you do feel a sense that America really wants to know about their own cultures because we do all come from different backgrounds. We're not just American. In fact, we're not even real Americans. The Native Americans are the originals. So I do understand that sense of loss or feeling lost yeah. when it comes to who we are and where our roots come from. Yes, exactly. We're going to be talking about subjects that we don't fully understand yet. And so I want the listeners to know that we are coming as allies with respect and I hope that if we say something wrong that people will also come back to us with respect and know that we are trying to do this in a loving way because I I just feel like there's so much cancel culture and stuff that like it seems like um you know, you say the wrong thing and then you're over before you That's even it. begin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd like to cancel cancel culture, but that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a other topic. I hope that the message that we're sending out will find the ears who need to hear it and open the hearts of those who don't yet understand. That's a good intention. <laughs> my name, my full name is Liliana Hernandez, but I go by Lily and I am originally from the San Fernando Valley, which is a suburb right outside of Los Angeles. My father was born in Jalisco, Guadalajara, which is a city in Western Mexico. And as for my mother, she was born in Los Angeles, California. My father came to America when he was about five, six years old. And naturally, when Mexicans immigrate to America, they are, ta- they are taught to be as American as possible. Though he is fluent in Spanish, 
He didn't teach any of his six children Spanish. He claims it was because we didn't want to learn, but I distinctively remember him never putting an effort to teach us. I believe it stems from how he was treated as a child in school for being quote unquote different and didn't want us to experience that same kind of discrimination. I remember as a child in school when someone would ask me my ethnicity, I proudly responded Mexican. However, I was always met with comebacks of, you don't look Mexican or you look like a white girl. Though I had the long dark hair, my complexion was fair and my eyes were green. I never understood how someone else was able to tell me what I was and wasn't. This is the American culture. My background is much different than yours. <laughs> my name is Lucy. I was named after my dad. So my real name is Rusty Brown. Um, and I've just last night decided that I'm going to take back Rusty Brown. I didn't like having a boy's name. So I decided 15 years ago to start going by Lucy. I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, but grew up in a small town called East End. That's actually a community. It's not even a city or anything. My dad is from Manford, Oklahoma. He was born in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my mom was born in Oxnard, California, but grew up in Scranton, Arkansas, which was where her dad was from. And fun fact, Oxnard, California is just like right down the road where Lily lives. We mm -hmm. discovered that um, recently. So, Very close. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Serendipitous. Mm -hmm. Um, neither of my parents taught me or my sister about like where our, our families came from or any of their family cultures until I was like in my teens um, and my mom started doing family tree stuff. But I think because I was a teen, I wasn't like, I didn't really care about it. Like I've been feeling like lately. When she was doing all that, I never really paid attention. I don't even know why. I kind of want to ask her why she decided to, to learn about her family tree. Because, like, I'm doing it because I want to know, like, what are the traditional practices of my ancestors? Because I'm feeling like I need to connect. So, yeah, I'm wanting to do this. I'm wanting to connect so that I can understand like how to practice like a lot of things that I've been reading and watching and listening to have all been like telling me to connect to my ancestors but it's more like in a spiritual way I want to know what they did because I feel like I need to connect to the earth and because I grew up um just white and Christian. We learned about American cultures, mostly through school, and then celebrated through Christian holidays. But like, the more I've learned, I'm realizing that like, our Christian holidays are actually derived from pagan holidays, which are like my European 
ancestors like those are their like the christian church stole christmas according to the bible like jesus wasn't born in the winter that whole celebration stems from like scandinavian um and then there are a lot of other things because it's just become this a melting pot of cultures yeah. that they've just like they just keep taking other people's things and then saying well this is christmas tradition or this is easter is about like fertility and it was a celebration for a goddess or ice oyster i don't even know how to spell it o-e s-t-e-r i think oyster (laughs) Um, yeah i feel like we take from different cultures and make them our own here in america yeah well like that's even just european it was it's a i don't know if it started with christianity but christianity definitely like has a lot to do with it yeah yeah and then i think because like christians have just become this like i don't know succubus of of taking traditions and stuff and then calling them their own native american people are kind of weary about letting white people into their their communities and stuff because white people have are known to steal cultures and and whitewash it and stuff like that yeah I mean even though I was never taught Spanish or anything my family still follows very Mexican traditions I guess you could say mm-hmm. whether it's food music um, gatherings Mexican are very well known for hosting these elaborate gatherings and um, Christmas is always a big deal Thanksgiving is always a big deal Easter is as well, but I feel like we just follow the tradition of what everybody else does. And the only thing we include in our culture is just the food we have, like Mexican mm-hmm. food. But same thing, like I always wonder like what other traditions out there we have. Like we have quinceañeras, or when a girl becomes a woman at the age of 15, which I don't think is <laughs> makes you a woman until you're 18 at least. But we have those huge elaborate parties for these young ladies mm-hmm. to kind of like give their father's blessing to become a woman and or enter womanlyhood mm-hmm. but as far as like traditions go I wonder what our traditions are like Cinco de Mayo isn't really a Mexican tradition um what really is is Day of the Dead I would feel Dia de los Muertos is probably one of the most authentic traditions that we celebrate in my family and now it's becoming this huge thing now in america Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like just in the past like 10 years i don't think i heard about dia de los muertes like before like 10 years ago even here in the u.s like it was just halloween and then it was over that's interesting that you you're you celebrate but you're celebrating like american traditions but just Mm -hmm. with as a mexican family 
Yeah, incorporating our food and the, you know, we mariachi music is a very big thing in our family. Every birthday party, there has to be like a whole mariachi band playing. Do you have uh, family members that are mariachi bands or do you hire um, mariachi? Well, I wish we had family members as mariachi <laughs> bands, but unfortunately we do hire them. I think that is kind of how a lot of American people celebrate holidays is just, I mean, they bring their own traditional foods. And then there's a lot of stuff like the quinceanera, I think probably originated with like the Native Americans have like a coming of age kind of ceremony. A lot of like earth based um, traditions like you they have a lot of different ceremonies for different events of growing up that's probably where the quinceanera like originated but now it's just become like a show of wealth and like pretty dresses so yeah the intention set behind like a quinceanera would traditionally probably have been like to actually like maybe even have the girl do some kind of ceremonial thing where she's becoming a woman that in the quinceanera you kind of do go through like the church and you're like blessed into Mm -hmm. womanhood and then to celebrate you do your own traditional dance it's usually a waltz to introduce her or make the womanhood finalized kind of thing. Like she's, mm-hmm. you know, the princess of the whole thing and they do like a traditional dance to welcome and that honor. And yeah, it's a, to every Mexican, it's a huge deal, I feel. Usually it comes with a mariachi band too. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a podcast that I listen to with um, two indigenous women. I've told you about them. <laughs> um, yeah, they're great. But they're, um, they're called On My Relations. They had some kind of like, I don't think it's like a ceremony. I think it's more like you go out into the woods and you're fasting and stuff like that to like when you're, I need to do more research. <laughs> because I only heard about it on a podcast, but um, yeah, that they have something like that where you, so it like becomes a spiritual thing because you're not eating and um, you're like out in the woods by yourself or the desert, or I guess it depends on like where you are living when you're- I would not want to do that. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, if it's part of your culture and like you're prepared for it and then, cause I find a lot of spiritual, like, um, what's it called? Help or like inspiration when I'm alone. And when it's like, that's why I think when I'm traveling, Like when you're traveling, especially like when you're alone in another country where you don't know how to 
speak the language, you are kind of in this survival mode. Yeah. And every time I travel like that, I'm just like very receptive and I'm open to other people helping me and just more open to the the universe and like that I just have to kind of trust that everything's going to be fine yeah and I think that's kind of like if you're I mean I don't think they're making kids go out into the woods without like fully equipping them and that the kids probably have like an escape route or something you know if things go wrong there's probably like some kind of thing so like to be a child and then go out and do this kind of like adventure kind of thing that lets you see that you are strong and brave enough to take care of yourself that I think inspires you and then you really do feel like you are an adult or like a woman yeah rather than yeah rather than just like having a party for you and buying you a pretty dress yeah now that you put it I'm like okay I like that (laughs) (laughs) that's really what I'm wanting to do with all of this is like to kind of strip down like the traditions that we have because with Christmas with Easter they have just become commercial and that's another mm-hmm. huge problem with with America is that we we've lost the meaning and we don't know why we're doing things. Now there's like Halloween greeting card. Who sends a card on Halloween? <laughs> but you could buy one, so somebody's got to be sending Halloween cards mm-hmm. and like that's just another way for Hallmark to to make another buck. Yep. And then it's definitely become capitalized. Yeah, it's gotten to a point where we don't even know why we're doing what we're doing anymore. That's why I feel so disconnected because it's like, okay, I put up a Christmas tree, but why? And I put up Christmas lights, but why? yeah Um, and all of those actually have like meaning they're yeah original traditions and I'm gonna get back to my intro (laughs) my dad's mom we'll call her grandma a I have a grandma a and a grandma b (laughs) (laughs) grandma b has passed on to the other life grandma a is still here with us And she would take me, my sister, and my cousins to Oklahoma with her when we were kids. That's where my great-grandmother lived. Most of my family on that side was from Oklahoma. And they would tell us stories of the Native Americans that lived there in the past. And we would go to the reservations and we would eat fry bread and look at all the handmade crafts. But I never felt like connected to it or like it was just like pretty things to look at at some point I don't remember how old I was but my grandmother told me that 
my great grandmother on my grandpa's side was full Native American, but she looked white enough. So when the Native American census came around, her husband had her say that she was white instead of Native American. This story was usually like told in our family because my grandma would say that we, like my sister, my cousins and I would have been able to qualify for like grants or something for school if we had been, if that great grandmother had been identified. So like, this is like a rumor. We don't have any kind of documentation that we know of. That's another thing that I'm like wanting to do is I'm getting a DNA test and starting to do like ancestry stuff because we don't know like what tribe she was from. Like it had to have been Oklahoma because that's where they live. But when you start looking at tribes that are in Oklahoma, like that's a huge Indian territory. And there's so so many different kinds. Yeah. And like they could have come from who knows where and just ended up in Oklahoma. So like they might not even be people from Oklahoma. Natives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, because my dad was super white cultured and he didn't want to believe that we have any kind of Native American. So like he would say like, that's a lie and that's not true and stuff like that. So like we were never taught any kind of stuff like that in our family. Yeah, It was like, we're white and that's just, that's that. Um, my goodness it's like a shame that comes with it for him yeah it really is like he he does not want to be associated with anything other than what even though that's not good because I'm sure he's not nobody is just white you know definitely a mix of something (laughs) yeah and yeah he's dark skin he had black hair when he was younger and dark eyes there are pictures because he's a cowboy so he wears like cowboy hat and boots and stuff and like he looks he could be mistaken as like Mexican yeah I was just gonna say that he sounds Mexican (laughs) yeah he has like especially when he was younger I would say he him and my uncle both look native And my grandmother, she had five brothers and sisters, and she was the only one with dark hair, dark eyes. Um, Yeah, you did mention that. She was the only one out of how many? Like six? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah, there's got to be some indigenous blood in there. (laughs) Yeah. My cousin that's um, a few years younger than me. She's, uh, she worked at a Mexican restaurant and she like had people coming up to her, asking her if she spoke English and or were speaking to her in Spanish because she looks like she could be like Mexican. Yeah. Her mom is also like dark hair, dark eyes and stuff. They're mixed together and... <laughs> Like and it's, then she came out. <laughs> yeah. On my mother's side, I just 
I've been thinking for like 10 years that it was my great grandmother, but I just like a few nights ago learned that it was my great, great grandmother that came to America from Sweden with her brother when she was like 13. I think, do you know what year the Titanic? Um, it was the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that it was like somewhere around that time. 12, where she immigrated over. Yeah. Um, and they settled in Minnesota. And that's where my grandmother lived until she um, was older and then moved away. And, and that's where you have your family reunion? Yeah, we haven't had a family reunion since, I think, 2015 or 2016. Was, I don't know, just... A lot of the older generation that used to put on the the uh, reunions have passed away, and so like a lot of the younger generations, like I don't know, I think don't keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, we have family. They now most of them live in Michigan, not Minnesota, and then we also have family in Arizona that like I haven't it's been since I was like a child that I've seen that family how do you know where in Arizona I think oh. somewhere near Phoenix yeah. but yeah we're not really close to that side of the family mm. and which side is that your mom's side yeah mom's side mm. yeah it's weird because um, my grandmother um she moved here to Arkansas because this is where my grandfather lived we don't like my mom's side it almost feels like we don't have family because the family that we do have lives so far away so like for holidays and things here in Arkansas it's me my sister my mom my aunt and then she has two sons and that's like all of the family on my mom's side really yeah so small <laughs> it is yeah it's and then like on my dad's side he's got a brother and then two step brothers and then they've got a ton of kids so that family is a lot bigger but do you spend time with them not a whole lot like my cousins that are around my age kind of live far away so it's really only holidays and stuff and I go and see my grandma every once in a while that side of the family also is just not the kind of people I like to hang out with a lot yeah I totally get that <laughs> a lot of Hispanic families there's a lot of toxicity in within the family because there's so many family secrets or uh, generational trauma that they tend to pass on to their children. So I get not wanting to hang out with certain families. And also I wanted to point out the synchronicities. Uh, uh, my mom too has family in Arizona. 
it's just such a small world too so we're already sisters sisters yeah <laughs> exactly i had all this stuff about the swedish grandma i didn't talk about which is the great great grandma her name was huda i think it's h-u-d-a oh shoot i thought i was gonna remember her last name but now i can't remember it she married a guy named robinson but I don't remember her maiden name, but we don't have any records or anything of like what her parents' names were or where, like where in Sweden they were from. We just have her name and like the year that she came to America. Then she married my great-great-grandfather, Emil Robinson. I think because they came to America in probably the time that they were in, like they just had to become like part of the culture. And that's another thing is a lot of people have to like strip their cultures or in the past, at least because you didn't want to be discriminated against Yeah, and to be seen as like different or the other. So you would just like, do American things yeah. yeah and so nobody was taught Swedish I think my my great-grandmother she would tell us some stories in Swedish but it was like rhymes and things that like I think she learned like as a kid and just remembered I don't think that she she may have grown up kind of like speaking Swedish to her mom but she didn't pass that on to like her children. I know that in the, I think it was the 60s, maybe the 70s, my great grandmother, the one that was born here in America, um, she and her husband, my great grandfather had um, gone to Sweden to, um, um, see if they could find any of our relatives that might still live there but because it was the 60s or 70s there was no internet everything was in Swedish so they probably had trouble like even going through records and stuff and like yeah. just in the little time that I've been looking up stuff um I there are records and it's like in handwriting like in cursive handwriting and it's like how do you read this mm -hmm. and like some of those Native American census like I think if you get like an ancestry.com or something like that account they might have it like typed out but if you want to look at that stuff for free a lot of it is you can't search it and you just have to like read this like really old like swirly cursive stuff to like find I couldn't even like imagine trying to look at stuff in Swedish because I'm sure that stuff's all in like handwriting because that was before computers yeah definitely and everybody wrote cursive back in the day yeah 
So they ended up not being able to find any relatives on that trip. But they did get to go to Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, gotta look at the bright side. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, because of that, I just never grew up like really connecting to my Swedish background either. Um, like the most Swedish thing that we would do is go to Ikea and like <laughs> get Swedish meatballs. <laughs> yeah. And some lingonberry jam or something. So yeah, like very Americanized uh, Swedish stuff. Yeah, it almost feels like I'm 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 not Swedish or I'm not like I don't have I don't feel like I have my own culture. I'm wanting to learn and incorporate different traditions and maybe make up my own kind of way to celebrate who I am. Like I think a lot of traditions and things are ways of helping us cope with the seasons changing things like Thanksgiving it's a time to sit down and like give thanks to the bountiful harvest that you've done but like nowadays we don't harvest things so we don't like think about oh this food that comes to our table takes a lot of work but that's the whole point of like Thanksgiving um and yeah like Christmas I think the main thing about Christmas is how dark it gets and it's all about lighting up your internal world and finding like making lots of cakes and drinking hot cocoa and finding like these things that help you stay happy and upbeat when it's dark and it can be a lonely time so there's I think that's why there are so many holidays that's when it starts getting really dark so it's like everybody just wants to be with other people and so you just have all these social things Mm -hmm. to like force you to stay healthy yeah there's a huge thing with seasonal depression that happens around like Christmas time, mm-hmm. you know, when the sun isn't really shining. <laughs> yeah. I had told you that last year when I, like, that's when I first started like thinking I wanted to connect more to my Swedish um, roots. And I had heard about Huga. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. It's actually like a Danish concept. But that really helped me to, um, it basically means like cozy or, um, so it's like, Bert, right? yeah, so it's like sitting by the window wrapped up in a cozy blanket while drinking hot cocoa or reading a book in front of a fireplace while it's snowing outside. Yeah, that's really helped me just like connecting to that and finding ways to like practice that helps me to like deal with my seasonal uh, depression that I get when it's cold. 
I hate the cold. <laughs> but like last year, I actually was kind of sad when winter was over. Oh, but because you found your comfort. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even really a coffee drinker until like probably last year. <laughs> but it was really? like, yeah, I never really liked coffee. Like I like the flavor, but I never really liked caffeine, I think. I would make a coffee and then I'd like read a book or journal or something like that. Mexico, they're very big coffee drinkers. We have a famous uh, coffee drink called Coffee de Olla. And it's basically like a sweet cinnamon black coffee. You don't put any cream in it. Uh, it's perfectly sweetened and they drink it breakfast, lunch, dinner snack time <laughs> all day long and I feel like my parents had followed that a lot because I would wake up to the smell of coffee in the morning so I do enjoy the smell and it does bring comfort to me somehow I haven't had it in a while but when I do have it I'm not able to at the moment I want like an authentic cup how do you pronounce it cafe de olla olla O-L-L-A. I should look into the origin, but I know it's made with like, it's made of like this certain thing. It looks like a little cone. It's a very sweet. Um, oh, like a packed uh, brown sugar? Exactly. If they definitely, if you can't get your hands on that triangle block, brown sugar is the next alternative. And cinnamon. Or with our cafe de olla, we have the tradition of panduces to go with it. Thank you so much for listening. We're planning on having topics. So we'll do a little research, explore like Mexican culture, Swedish culture, Native American cultures, the Asian cultures, like actual India. Yeah. Um, even like the Middle Eastern cultures, Palestine, mm -hmm. Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, because I feel like they need more attention. Right. And respect. Those topics and more we will be discussing in upcoming um, episodes. So stay so, tuned. <laughs> yeah. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, we'd also really love to hear from our listeners. Our email address is lucyluzlilylove at gmail.com. L U C Y L U Z. L-I-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E at gmail.com. So you can send in maybe your stories or ideas you'd like us to talk about or dive more into depth with. This is a community platform. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear that from people who've already been on this journey or if you're on it currently like we are. Yes, and if you have any tips, we'd love to any and all advice <laughs> well thank you so much we'll hear from you next time <laughs> talk to you later <laughs> adios adios